0: Stumbled to the Sleeping Giant.
1: Let's broaden
0: our minds. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sleeping Giant Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Marcotte, and I am wishing you a very Merry Christmas from sunny Florida. Um, Merry Christmas to you, your loved ones, and hell even your unloved ones because that's really what Christmas is all about isn't it speaking of I'm down here with uh, my family my wife and daughter we weren't able to make it to Athens Georgia with where the rest of my family is located this year so I thought it would be very nice and sort of special to have a podcast where I have my dad as a guest he is an OG Star Wars fan and We're going to get into the perspective of an OG Star Wars fan and discuss what it was like to be in the cinema on or around May 25th, 1977 and reveal the experience of watching the story expand with the original trilogy in a pre-internet era. And after that, I'd like to talk about moving from that point to receiving the Redux Special Editions, um, maybe the prequels, maybe, and finally the new trilogy, which will be comprised of Star Wars Episodes 7, 8, and 9. So we had a really good time, and uh, I hope you all enjoy listening. Dad, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Park. Excellent, excellent. All right, so... Um, everybody I've got with me, Steve Marcotte. This is my dad. Say hello, dad.
1: Hi, Mark. Hello, everyone.
0: <laughs> and, uh, and I'm, I'm really glad that he is able to join me for the show for our special Christmas Eve episode of the Sleeping Giant podcast. Um, dad is, uh, dad's the one who got me into Star Wars straight up. I don't think anybody else had a hand in that. I mean, is is that how it went down?
1: Yeah, we used to watch it over and over and over again. It was
0: great. Still great. From about what age?
1: Wow. From very early on. We had an old VHS copy of Star Wars, and uh, it was just something I'd like to do. It was still new on VHS. So, again, remember, it wasn't as ubiquitous as it is today to get a copy of a movie back in um, when you were born was a very, very unique thing. And the fact that we had it and it was between that and Ghostbusters and Beetlejuice. And so we, we watched a lot of video. I I still enjoy watching movies, but uh, we watched a lot of movies and they were mostly sci-fi movies and um, you and your brothers and, and sisters would, would enjoy watching them.
0: I, I do have early memories of watching Star Wars. Um, and what's funny is I, j- I just remember bits and pieces from each film. I don't necessarily remember the first time I ever watched A New Hope um, mm-hmm. or The Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. But I, I sort of kind of have this, um, I guess, this sort of hodgepodge um, series of images that are juxtaposed over one another. Um, and that's kind of like my earliest memory of Star Wars, which it's funny because they're so attached to other memories, and I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that makes it such a great thing.
1: Uh, remember, when we were watching Star Wars, it wasn't A New Hope. It was Star Wars.
0: Right, right, yeah. And uh, when when was that change put into effect?
1: Um, on a version of VHS, I, I want to say, uh, well, I, I take that back. When, when Empire Strikes Back came, then they were titled. Mm-hmm. And then, I think, the second release in the VHS, when it was a set of three, began speaking to them as um, A New Hope. And when they were re- re-released, uh, of course, in the movie theaters, it was A New Hope.
0: Right. Episode four. Episode four, A New Hope. But when
1: we saw it, it, it was just Star Wars.
0: Right. Yeah. In fact, I've gotten, uh, I've got some old banger copies of the original trilogy from the CBS Fox VHS tapes. And it's just, it just says star Wars. You may have seen the, the picture. I think I posted it on Instagram recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, uh, again, I'm, I'm very glad that I had an opportunity to sit down and talk with you today. I'm glad that we found the time to make that happen because with the, with the release of the last Jedi, I thought that it would be great to, um, especially since the film has seen such a uh, divisive, critical response, um, which, ironically, the critics seem to like it a lot more than the fans, but since it is so divisive and since it is really a movie-going experience, so, and Star Wars has always been kind of a movie-going experience, I just wanted to ask you, um, primarily as an OG Star Wars fan, because you, you don't get to talk to a lot of them, very often um, OG Star Wars fan who was in the theater uh, to see Star Wars or A New Hope back when it first came out. I really kind of want to, you know, kind of get your input and your perspective on on that whole thing. So um, I just want to ask, were, were you in college when it came out? Star Wars.
1: I, I was. I, I saw it in New Orleans uh, with some friends in um, in 1977.
0: Mm. Did you see and it opening then, day?
1: No, I didn't. I. um. As you know, from a very small town in Louisiana, didn't really know about it um, to the same extent as other big blockbuster movies. Again, Lucas had only done American Graffiti, which had been successful, but his movie of Star Wars was totally different. Though I do remember Time Magazine saying at the time that it was probably the best movie of the year. And I actually got the soundtrack before I saw the movie and I, I don't know why, but I didn't have the opportunity to see the movie until I went back to college and went to New Orleans the summer or something with some friends in New Orleans so we saw it in New Orleans
0: what what about the film took you to the cinema
1: Well it was uh, a space movie, uh, again, uh, I think if you put it in perspective, um, the Apollo program had just ended and men had walked on the moon uh, eight years before. So if you can imagine eight years ago um, what momentous thing would happen uh, in our lives today, uh, not anything to the extent of men landing on the moon. Uh, but it was just, uh, again, reading the reviews, it was just this serial, um, old serial uh, taking place in space. And it was a hero story as opposed to a Cinderella story. Uh, bad guys, good guys. Um, but the execution, the sound, the, the music, everything about it, um, led you to believe it would be really good. And again, I was a fan of John Williams, and I'd heard the music, and the music score uh, opening was was quite captivating. So it was just something I wanted to see. And then once I saw it, uh, I don't know how many times I saw it at the theater, but I can only say that I, like many, many other people, when Empire came out, that was opening day, in line, uh, not being spoiled. Uh, I, I had a guy I worked with who had seen it. I, I Again, the timing, he said, there's a big secret, this great <laughs> secret. Mm-hmm. But of course nobody knew about it because there was no social media, et cetera. So it was just this anticipation of seeing this unique um, theatrical event um, was really captivating, and it, it's it was a lot of fun then. It's still a lot of fun to see, mm-hmm. uh, even today. It holds up forty years later, at least to me.
0: Now, are are you referring to the films? Or the, the
1: films, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And seeing them in the theater, yeah. That oh.
1: see, seeing the original in the theater um, was incredible. It's still incredible to
0: think about. So, when when you first saw the movie. What was your reaction, and did it seem to mirror the, the reaction of the crowd, or, or were they different?
1: Oh, yeah. It, it, everybody, uh, again, um, our parents would have seen a crawl like Star Wars. That crawl was old tech, but it was new to us, and mm-hmm. we had never seen it. <laughs> and then it pans down to the ship, and then this, again, that flyover, where you see that cruiser flying and just taking up the whole screen. Mm -hmm. There was nothing like that. And you learn later, of course, the technology that was used for that. But there was nothing like that. Um, Remember, the most technologically advanced movies at the time, Space Adventures, say, were 2001, uh, 1968. There wasn't anything like that. Uh, In that in that era, Mm -hmm. Um, there just wasn't Um, Douglas Trumbull, who had done the effects on 2001, did the the effects on this. And it it was an incredible thing. And then you've got three PO and R2 and you've got Darth Vader. And remember, Darth Vader at the time, no one knew anything about Darth Vader. He, there were no credits for Darth Vader. Uh, David Prowse was not recognized as being the actor. James Earl Jones was not as well known as he is now. He, had, he was a, a movie star. He had done uh, Dr. Strangelove, but he hadn't done anything um, like this, but his voice was very recognizable. But remember, there were no credits for Darth Vader. Uh, after the after the um, um, the scene at the end with the medals, mm-hmm. uh, and it was one of the first times that there was no title sequence. Um, so you didn't know anything about the movie if you just hit it cold, <laughs> and it was Star Wars uh, a long time ago, a long time ago, etc., etc. Um, so it was very exciting in the space battles. Uh, nothing like that had ever been
0: shown on film before. I've always been very jealous of that aspect of of Star Wars fandom, not being able to experience that part of it. Um, I I can honestly say, because you you can't, I can't go back, you know, things were just so different Mm -hmm. by the time I became more aware of films and the technology implemented to to bring those films to life. Um, So in a lot of ways, I've, I've taken more or less for granted the movie making technology that's used um today. Um, I mean, it's changed a lot, obviously, but, uh, you know, still, you know, kind of, it, it's, it's hard to unsee that, if you know what I mean. It was, and they were all practical effects. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And that's one of the things um, that I've really admired and appreciated about the, the last two Star Wars movies um, is their dedication to, to bringing the, the practical effect back to the forefront and, and using it alongside uh, cgi mm-hmm. to, to bring those movies to life i very and you know I, I say some of it's a nostalgia factor for sure because that's how it was for me when i was growing up but it just seems more believable to me and i can it's so much more immersive when those practical effects are utilized
1: yeah the uh, cgi is used to augment the story not to um,
0: to tell the story Exactly. Which, yeah,
1: uh,
0: it's a big, big difference. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we learned, uh, we learned how that can go awry somewhere around, <laughs> uh, 1999, I think. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, well, it's interesting that you mentioned your friend and, uh, the big reveal or the secret, um, in Empire Strikes Back. So just keeping that in mind, what sort of buzz existed? Um, especially prior to the internet about the Empire Strikes Back what what were people saying and and how did you react to that that secret that big reveal
1: well the uh, again the reveal was oh my oh my word um and it, it, it was oh god that's not how you thought that movie would go
2: mm-hmm. that's
1: not how you thought that relationship would be and uh, again you, you really just heard from news accounts about the buzz associated with anything in culture. And for, for example, um, in 1980, uh, I think that's right. I got a copy of Rolling Stone uh, about, uh, Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. So you, you only had, um, um, various media, so I mentioned Time Magazine had Star Wars Um, Rolling Stone had different media, so different forms of of widespread media, so there wasn't a a lot of uh, avenues to get information so you had uh, newspapers of course Um, but the buzz was everywhere, so it would be network news would say opening this week would be George Lucas's follow-up to Star Wars, mm-hmm. and they they wouldn't really go into a lot of detail. There wasn't as much entertainment programming, but there was some, uh, as there is today. So it's all word of mouth. People would hey, here you know, I heard this and I heard this, and some people were much more into the stories because they were comics at the time. I I admit I wasn't into the universe. Um, of comics and novels uh they were prevalent at the time but um again in um 1980 i was working and um really not as involved college there's a lot of discussion uh, about these things uh, at the time uh so it was just very much word of mouth
0: right so no 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 internet buzz, no uh no. no rotten tomatoes review. No, no, not at all. So um, um no wh-
1: red no Reddit haters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it it's funny to me because um of course I want to talk about the last Jedi since uh-huh. uh since that's sure. the big one. That's what every, everybody's talking about. That's the one everyone's going to see now. Um and we'll talk about it in a moment. Um, I think we said before, or I mentioned before, that it was—it seems to be incredibly divisive. So I just want to ask you, um, based on your your previous viewings of Star Wars and, and the previous releases of each film, uh, with the Internet sort of in its current incarnation, I guess, do you think that, that it's made it more difficult for an otherwise decent film to be received positively? Oh, yes,
1: yes. I, I found that um, I went into this movie trying not to be spoiled at all. Mm-hmm. I, I really endeavored to not look at anything. I think I saw the trailer once. Mm-hmm. And um, similarly with Blade Runner 2049, I, I really wanted to go into it cold. Right. And, and so I'm really puzzled by a lot of the negative um, discussions about the last Jedi
0: and what and what do you how do you feel that that has um you know by by sort of saying yes you do think that um that that has definitely changed the way that these, these films are perceived oh, and uh yeah. I, I mean what what is it about the internet or what is it about the avenue of the internet that has made that made that possible and, and do, you, do you think that uh that it's it's um it's accurate?
1: I I, I fail to really um, uh, answer the point of your question. I, I find the internet in so many ways it takes an opinion, and almost if someone yells the loudest, that becomes the opinion. Mm-hmm. That a large amount of people go with instead of forming their own opinion and being confident with their own opinion. <laughs> you can like porks, you cannot like porks, but if you have a large amount of people on well, Reddit say they hate porks, that may be the predominant thought process. So if you think about every element of the movie, both before it's released, where you, you get these elements that that are released a little bit of story points and people will latch onto them and say, I don't even like that before it comes out. They don't even know the context of it.
0: And that's too bad. So
1: I, I think um, if you if you take things out of context, and that's what the internet does, it's famous for taking things out of context and then running with it prior to you as an individual being allowed to form their own opinion, mm-hmm. so in *Frog and Tomatoes*, um, the the viewers' scores are much less than the reviewer scores. Well, there's a dichotomy there because sometimes movies uh, will receive um, a much better viewer scores and critic scores. Mm-hmm. So you take the internet as it comes, but I think people should always form their own opinion uh, before they let. <laughs> Again, people on Reddit, <laughs> right. on, on various social media it affect their opinion. I came away out of the movie, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, with a very um, a specific set of thoughts mm-hmm. um, that I didn't bother checking with anybody about.
0: Have you seen it just the once, or have you seen it more? Yeah,
1: more? I've only seen it once. We, I, I'm the only one in the immediate family that um has gone to see it and really has any desire to see it so i'll I'll hopefully try to go this coming week when i'm off to see it again i'd really like to see it again at the theater especially
0: oh yeah that's definitely got to happen we're we're going to go tomorrow morning actually oh Um, yeah (laughs) because it's uh i know i've I've shared with you before how izzy's very particular about her star wars (laughs) um she <laughs> yeah. really likes the animation she loves rebels uh she liked watching uh, the yeah Busters. yeah um but uh we were talking about it after, just a little while after we'd seen the last jedi and she was in the kitchen and and she came up and she said well, i want to see it don't go see it without me i wanted to see that so i said okay
1: <laughs> yeah she looks so she looks so cute i she. she's
0: yeah, it, she's uh, she, she she gets she, um you know she I'm just glad that she likes Star Wars to yeah. whatever capacity that she does because for a while there you know you got your breath held and your fingers crossed <laughs> and I'm I'm just glad that it worked out you know she really likes uh, she really likes Ray of course and she oh, loves well, BB-8. Um, yeah. we watched the Return of the Jedi in its entirety the other day and and she she you know at times you could tell she was losing interest. Uh, right. I mean because there are. Yeah, obviously some some adult parts. Same with the Last Jedi, so that's going to be interesting to see how that goes for two and a half hours. But mm-hmm. um, you know, the Ewoks were there, so similarly, we've got the Porgs, and of course, more Ray, so that should be yeah. fun. Um, so w- with that said, what did you think of the Last Jedi? Well,
1: I, I thought honestly, I, um, a, a couple of thoughts. I thought it was a, a good Star Wars movie. Uh, in the pantheon of, of the Star Wars movies, I, I thought it fell a fifth of the eight um, uh, simply because the first three, I think, stand alone. And I'm a little torn if I ever have to rank the first three. Uh, I thought The Force Awakens, because it brought the franchise back, I thought it would rank above this one. And then following up, I thought this movie was too long, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. And I I know why um, Rain Johnson did some of the things he did from a storytelling standpoint, but also from a sequel standpoint, any sequel, often in sequels, because you had such a successful first movie,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and again, Force Awakens in some sense is a first movie. All new characters, for the most part. A a sequel has to try to pay service to the characters from the first movie. It almost has to. And it's very rare that it successfully does that to the extent of everyone enjoying it as the first movie. Empire did it uh, tremendously well. Uh, Godfather 2, arguably better than the first. Um, but this movie, um, The Return of the Jedi, um, The Last Jedi, excuse me, um, I thought the imagery was outstanding. The space battles were amazing. Uh, again, have to experience in the big screen. Um, I think it's a good standalone movie. I think you can go see it and enjoy it and um, understand a lot of the nuances that are going on. But I also could tell that it was winnowing out the old Star Wars characters to create a new crop of fans. Mm-hmm. And I could see that it was very much, and this is my opinion, a, a Disney product. And if you're around me long enough, you know that I, I will often describe media as simply a product. Now, granted, it's for our enjoyment, and I appreciate that, but it is a product. They're trying to sell things. Mm-hmm. And I came away in some, in some ways when I was being given a product that I either could take or leave. And I enjoyed it. Um, I'll, I'll pay to go see it again. I will, I, I all but pre-ordered it already. <laughs> uh, um, um, I'm very much into it. Uh, I'll go see the Han Solo movie in five months. Um, but it, it, I came away with it as, okay, it's a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. Um, but I, I like a lot of good movies. And I, But all of that said, I think from a movie-making context of what makes a good movie... It had all those elements, uh, separating apart from being a Star Wars movie. Right. Cinematography, outstanding. The sound, both the use of sound and the absence of sound in certain places was an amazing technique. Rarely used. Um, I would, I would agree with that on both points. If you almost never in, um, Theater in uh, TV movies do. The movie makers allow for silence. Mm. And the fact that it was used in two crucial times, uh, for example, the bombing and then the, the light speed um, that um, I forget the character's name, Laura Dern. Vice that, Admiral Haldo. Yeah, that was great. Um, But again, um, the music, I've listened to the soundtrack a number of times. The music cues are are great. Um, So it's a good movie. Um, Is it everything in a Star Wars movie I would want? I I don't think so. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, it, It doesn't have the newness of the original trilogy, and it doesn't have the newness in some extent
0: of The Force Awakens. What was your favorite aspect of the film? I mean, if um, you had to, if you had to pick one,
1: um, of this one,
0: mm-hmm. um, space
1: battles. Open the, again, those sequences of space battles were amazing. The use of red, the, the coloration of red, um, both on the on the planet at the end and in and um, um, the chamber of, of ah, it's a so helmy room. Snooks, uh, thrown yeah. him. Uh, you know, thanks for that help by the way absolutely um I, I think the uh that was great cinematography again um i thought it was a good story um my the space battle, the bombing sequence that whole opening sequence mm-hmm. um with uh, rose's sister
0: page i think her name is yeah
1: th- that um was outstanding.
0: Um, a lot of tension. I,
1: I do recognize that it was uh, somewhat also um, uh, a, a tale about modern society in some extent, um, um, about powerful women, which I think is a great, great thing to see. Uh, the diversity of the cast in, in all of that I, I thought it was really good to see. Um, I recently saw Wonder Woman. I thought it was a great movie. You had this powerful character in, uh, Wonder Woman. Um, and, and, so you had these two powerful women in, in, um, Princess Leia or General Leia and the Admiral. And then Rose, Rose's part. Um, all those were, were excellent. Um, the been about, um, Poe and sometimes um, just the everyday worker is is what will people doing their job day after day like again Page and and Rose and sometimes you can't go off a uh, half cock like Poe did right so the storyline I thought was good as well uh, so again I'm not trying to present neg- this overt negative opinion of the movie. But it's a Star Wars movie, and I was raised, as you had said, in those OG Star Wars movies, which were very different.
0: Yeah, and and I think that it's very unfair also, if I can just kind of get this opinion out there. I think it's really unfair the way that Star Wars films are judged. And I'm, I'm sure you've heard me say before that I often feel that a Star Wars film is, is judged by your fondness of the memory of star Wars Mm -hmm. and not necessarily your fondness for the original films or whichever films you like. And that's impossible. That is an impossible standard um, to, to meet or to even beat, you know Um, as you said, it's you, you kind of have to look at it as a standalone film and just, if you really want to be honest and if you really want to be objective, then, you know, you have to, you have to look at it from that point of view and understand that, for a story to continue and to stay fresh, it has to change and things, uh, or really, as Kylo Ren said, uh, you know, uh, let, let the past die, kill it if you have to, you know, Um, and I think that may have been a a nod, that line to, to what needs to happen with, uh, with Star Wars.
1: Another thing I, I, I loved about this movie was that everything you thought about was completely wrong (laughs) or completely different. And, and uh, for example, I forget who I was telling earlier this week. Uh, it may have been Han- um, your sister Hannah was, look, the reason Finn, and I know you and I spoke about this, Finn just picked up the lightsaber. Now, you had said that he was a weapons master, but there was all this hype in the first movie about what is Finn? Is he a Jedi, et cetera? And what I came away with, especially after this movie, no, he just picked up a lightsaber. Right. <laughs> he just picked it up and he started using it, and and there's no, nothing special about that. And the fact that, um, and I know there's a lot of discussion about Kylo Ren may have been toying with Ray and saying that her parents were nothing but the little boy in the stable at the end of the movie mm-hmm. who force grabs the broom. You know, I, you could say that that whole excursion to the casino planet. Took way too long, and I think it did. Personally, I think it took way too long, but it was important to the storytelling of future movies that that little boy, will, who will probably see, he was just a stable boy, and he right. had the force.
0: Nobody special.
1: Nobody special, and I think it's it's somewhat without. And I think so many critics of the movie try to see all these meanings into mm-hmm. everything that takes place. And um, like Freud said, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Right. <laughs> That's right. all it is. So um, a lightsaber is just a lightsaber. It's a weapon. Right. Now what you do with it and the ability that you have um, to utilize it uh, goes beyond uh, in some individuals more so than, than others.
0: Right. Right. And I think that is important also. Um, it's important to, and I'm trying to think of the right way to articulate this, um, to follow up what you said about uh, Freud saying that sometimes a cigar is a cigar. Uh, there was um, the character of, uh, gosh, what was his name? Denbro, I think, um, the, uh, the the writer in It. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, Stephen King is, is consistently uh, writing writers. And a lot of his stories, uh, I guess, you know, you write what you know. And there was mm-hmm. a period in It where um, he was talking, Bill, I think his name is, right? Uh, is it Bill? No. Gosh, I'm, I'm way off. But anyway, the point, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is uh, that character who is a writer later on in his life is talking about how um, when he was in college, the, the arguments he would get in with his professors about the meaning of stories. And, you know, you could really tell that Stephen King was trying to, to make a point here when uh, he said you know sometimes a story is just a story you know these mm-hmm. yeah. all of these details they don't have to mean anything <laughs> Some, so to, it pretty much echoes exactly what you just said but i think that, that that's a point that probably does need to be made um because we all expect and i'm guilty of it too we all expect so much sometimes from these films and uh these things that we love and, and we forget that um you know, sometimes all those little details, especially the ones that we subconsciously inject into the story, um, ultimately don't matter to the storytelling itself and, and the progression of the uh, the series or the film. So um, I'm hoping that this will shake people up a little bit, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, I, I kind of uh, I was going to actually ask you what your least favorite uh, aspect of, uh, of the film was. Um, but uh, there, there we are. It sounds like we've we've covered covered it pretty pretty well. Uh, was there anything that stood out um, apart from the length and and uh, again some of the storytelling aspects that, that you thought uh, where you thought it felt short?
1: Um, I I have a, a criticism about some movies where you, you bring in really big stars like Benicia del Toro who did. A, a crazy good job, right? As the thief but I, I think in some sense it takes away where you're focusing on Benicio del Toro. How mm-hmm. can you not focus
0: on him? <laughs> right. That that was an it's just, it's just so
1: outstanding. And I, I give the example: there was a, a movie um, totally unrelated to any of this called The Red Violin, and Samuel L. Jackson was in The Red Violin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's a great actor. But that movie, that little low-budget movie, was about the violin, and then at the end, it becomes about Samuel L. Jackson. And and so, in some sense, Benicio del Toro does a great job. He is an amazing character. And, and now, I, since you've introduced him, I hope we see him again. But the combination of that's, I know why he Johnson brought the Casino Planet into it again, as I mentioned. But it was so long. <laughs> A lot of people seem to feel yeah. that way. You know, all of that. And, and then why you had to get, get Finn and Rose on, on Ren's ship. Right. Um, um, so, okay, that seems so tedious. And then you, um, you have this battle. Uh, the one time I watched the trailer, I'm thinking, okay, Fina's gonna have this epic battle with Phasma, and no, there was no epic battle with Phasma. And I hope we see Phasma again.
0: I really do. It was just very high goodbye.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and so that is going back to what I alluded to earlier, about you have a sequel, you you have you have these boxes you have to tick you have to tick phasma you have to tick that battle axe and uh, and okay yeah thanks (laughs) yeah
0: i i have to say if there were if there were two things that i that i came away from the film feeling um feeling a little jilted by it was that and um the complete irrelevance of snoke um a yeah, lot of pe- a lot of yeah. people are saying that that's fine, you know, that you just have to kind of come away from that thinking that maybe he wasn't just a, you know, maybe he was just a stepping stone for Kylo Ren as a character. But I I, I have to just dis- I have to fundamentally disagree with that because because in in The Force Awakens there's already so much backstory that's alluded to. Um like for example, where yeah. were the where were the Knights of Ren? Um at some point you, you know they exist. Snoke says um, you know, it's time to complete uh, uh, Kylo's training, et cetera, et cetera. So you you know all of these these pieces are moving, but then when you get to the last Jedi, it's all like, oh no, Snoke, uh, he's he's gone now, and we have not seen one of the Knights of Ren. Um, so what is going on with this whole piece of of information? Um, you know, I need answers, man.
1: Yeah, and, and so you you have the mask, and almost immediately in the movie, get rid of that silly mask, kid.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And the mask is gone.
0: And some of that I do see is... Uh,
1: when to Kathleen Kennedy after he was asked to take over the reins of directing mm-hmm. and said, these are things I want to do, and she said, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's you took the words almost literally right out of my mouth. That's kind of what I was going to suggest is that, you know, you have, as a storyteller, you want to do service to the person who wrote before you. Uh, to tie the world together, similarly to, to how you suggested uh, earlier. Um, but yeah, as a storyteller, you probably want to do your story, I would imagine. And uh, there are probably some some things you want to cut loose. And uh, I get that. I definitely get that. I just, I feel like specifically with Snoke, we need it a little bit more. Um, and that's not, I don't feel like that's a criticism as a Star Wars fan. Uh, and I don't feel that I'm biased because of that. I feel as just you know someone who expects a little bit more from the story or needs a little bit more from the story I think mm-hmm. um, that's how I feel so it's it, it's more of an academic criticism than it is um, you know just a, what I feel is my subjective opinion um,
1: well, well you're, you're absolutely right he was such a large large character in the first movie both figuratively and literally <laughs> and then he's diminished to the point that he's Less than half the character he was. In the
0: first but literally, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, where where do you see this going though? Where do you see uh, where do you see the journey taking us? Where do you see Star Wars Episode Nine taking us?
1: Well, if if it were uh, if it were not the fact that Carrie Fisher had passed away, I would say that the last movie in this trilogy. Would have been Carrie fit or or General uh, Leia's swan song. Mm -hmm. She would have had a hero's arc, and and she would have gone away as a Jedi, or as as Han did. But she would have given been given the farewell in story form that both Luke and Han were given. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, she passed away, and the movie maker said they're not going to alter. The movie making, meaning they're not going to do any CGI or using any other film footage of Carrie Fisher. General Leia uh, is gone. Um, and I, I, I think, as I've heard other people suggest, this is not my idea, original, uh, my original idea. I think the best thing is to go to sometime in the near future and pick up a story somewhat from there. Right. And then they're going to lay the groundwork for the the second trilogy that johnson is going to do now at that point depending on the timing of that they may may bring in the main characters that we see in this current trilogy or they may completely
0: eliminate them
1: that would so be interesting. i think uh, i think carrie fisher's death may have altered the storytelling
0: which is entirely possible. Uh, I mean, that is what happened with Heath Ledger, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Christopher Nolan. He was slated to be, or rather, the Joker was to take, um, or to play a major part in in the third part of the trilogy, and mm-hmm. uh, that was the whole thing was changed because they were like, "Look, no, we're we're not going to uh, replace uh, Heath Ledger or or Sully." Mm-hmm the work that he did by, you know, by bringing a, a CGI rendered, um, actor or, uh, or mask as it were. Um, it's just not going to happen. So they, they went up took a different tack. But then I'm glad they did. And I'm, I'm glad they've made the same choice, uh, for star Wars. Um, most definitely. Now I had on that point. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see whether or not the, the next three movies, um, Would that be 10, 11, 12, Um, if there will be a continuation (laughs) of of where we are now, as you had said, or if we're going to see, you know, I mean, because the the universe, the Star Wars universe, so to speak, is just so massive, and there are so many great stories to tell. Um, And I kind of feel like, and I think I've heard this said, that episode nine will be the close to the Skywalker saga. Um, Mm -hmm. The the nine films really are about uh, the Skywalker family, and and after nine, that's going to be it. So, I mean... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you be interested in seeing other Star Wars movies that don't tie into that storyline
1: Oh oh yes yes i i think the movie makers are doing a good job continuing the the aura of of, of what Star, Star Wars represents which which is again um good and evil um in in space but as you had alluded to, it's an aura around Star Wars. It's not necessarily an individual story or character. Mm-hmm. So I know Rogue One was, at at the end of it, obviously, it was the, the prequel to A New Hope. It was a great Star Wars story, story Star Wars movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it.
0: Now, would you feel that way if it were not Star Wars? That's the question that I... Sort of have for myself when I'm thinking about these new movies. Um, if you just took Star Wars away from the title and said, "Okay, here's this new sci-fi movie," do you think you would still feel that way?
1: Yeah, I think there are a lot of good sci-fi movies out there um, that are are being made and still have their own uh, place in in movie making. Um, again, I alluded to and referenced Blade Runner 2049. Very different movie than the first one. Mm-hmm. Very different.
0: Still need to see that. haven't done it.
1: Oh, I, yeah. I, I pre-ordered it. It comes <laughs> out digital on Tuesday.
0: Oh, that soon. And, and
1: I'm looking forward to watching it again. Take the um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It, it's it's a great um, ride. I wasn't familiar with Guardians as a Marvel product.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I thought it was a fun fun movie. Um, uh, again, sci-fi all the way. I think you take any good storytelling is about characters and about the ensemble. Mm-hmm. And if you get a good ensemble that tells a story, um, it often doesn't matter what the story is. And so if you're going to have a space-based sci-fi, uh, movie or continuation of a particular genre, then, uh, it, it, and if it's done well, it's going to be enjoyable. And I'll reference the Star Trek reboot done uh, by J.J. Abrams several years ago. Those characters have survived since the late '60s, and I don't know what they're going to do with Chekhov, for example. But I don't want to get, go too far off. But, but those <laughs> stories take place in space. Uh, using the same characters, the last one, the Enterprise was destroyed at the beginning of the movie, and it was still a fun Star Trek movie.
0: I have not seen it. So that one. going
1: forward, yeah, and so going forward, uh, you're going to have Star Wars Episode Nine, uh, Episode Ten, and it could be fifty years, a hundred years into the future, uh, and There'll be storytelling, and Rain Johnson will do a great job with it.
0: And oh, yeah. there'll be
1: new characters, there'll be new adventures, new locations. And all you have to do is, is put in or allude to elements that we enjoyed, and we'll take that, what you referenced earlier, that aura of, of what we know and love, and we'll transfer it to the new movie um how many iterations of king kong are there how many iterations <laughs> of
2: godzilla
1: right. are there and and we'll still go see them because there's something about the original that we enjoy
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um that's why you continue to do remakes um probably the, the the worst parallel will be can disney repeat the magic if they do a follow up to frozen mhm so, um, that's the problem. Can you take any product that has a fan base and not kill it all? Well oh, that's, can, that's the trick. Take, that's the gamble. That's always the trick. And, and sometimes these movie franchises, they they go away. They just they go away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Well, I don't think we have to worry about that with Star Wars. That's It's here, no, it's here no, to stay. No, I, I
1: do I don't think so, but,
0: Which, but there'll
1: be a story, yeah. there'll be a character that will grow to love and we will love to follow their arc, and that arc may touch with another character, and then we'll follow that arc, and, the, and then the B story in the movie we'll enjoy, and then we hope we'll see it fleshed out further.
0: Well, I hope to see more
1: of Finn and Rose. Who, who's your favorite or,
0: character? Uh, speaking of characters.
1: Uh, in the in this movie?
0: Oh, in in, in all of Star Wars. I mean, because you now have eight or nine films actually to uh, to choose from.
1: Well, I think in some ways people uh, always identify with Luke, but that may present me as a bad guy because he's <laughs> so whiny. Even as an old man now, I identify him uh, with him because. He and I are close to the same age, and we just want to be left alone. Now, <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah, leave me alone, kid. I'm gonna <laughs> go. I'm gonna go have my cigar. So, um, I, I think that um, again, we identify closely with people that we are. And again, I am as old as Luke. But I, I think the movie gives us so many characters to identify with. I, I think, as I alluded to, Rose. You can, people will identify with Rose because she's just doing her job. Right. She's a pipe fitter. How many people did she stun before she stunned Finn? Um, you've got um, uh, the Lauren Darn character who um, people identify with. She's She's been, I don't know what battle she was in, but she's just trying to get those people safe.
0: Mm-hmm there's a massive backstory there and i admit that i'm i have not read um the princess leia novel i think i think it was written by claudia gray but i haven't gotten around to that one yet and uh Haldo is a character in that evidently leia and Haldo have known each other for some time they've been through quite a bit yeah, together I, and yeah I've,
1: I've heard that again i've listened to a lot of podcasts about uh, the last Jedi, so uh i've heard that that ever that if leia had so much faith, faith in Haldo that Poe uh, should be given bad marks because he didn't respect uh, Leia enough to um, accept her her wishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, uh, again, I identify with Luke in this particular one because, as I said, we're about the same age and we've seen a lot and done a lot. And I don't have the adventures, of course, that Luke did, but you know that you and I have had a lot of experiences. Um, you, you know me as my son is having a lot of experiences, and it's you get to a point on yeah, just I don't want to die. Don't get me wrong, right? Uh, but I, uh, I do want to be left alone most. Of the time. You've earned
0: your retirement.
1: I've earned my retirement.
0: Yes, I think so. I can definitely appreciate that. Well, that uh, that's that's really that's it. I think we've covered everything that I wanted to uh, to ask you about. Um, is there anything you'd like to add to uh, to to the Star Wars discussion? Anything that has been on your mind recently that you wanted to uh, to vent or elaborate on?
1: I know. I, I again, I, I I certainly don't want to be critical or, or appear to be critical of this movie. Uh, I think it was a good movie. Uh, again, I want to go see it again. Um, uh, I, I I think the characterizations are, are, are sound. It's it's one interpretation of the Star Wars saga and um, Johnson is charged with telling that story and, and I accept his telling. Um, I think it was a fun ride. I I enjoyed it. I can't wait to see it again. I can't wait to buy it on digital. I'm, yeah. I, 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 I I think it's a great story. Um, uh, a great, a, a good, I think it's a good movie. I'm not going to say it's a great movie, but I enjoy Star Wars. I always have. I, I enjoy certain auteurs in the movie making that they do. Um, and it, it's just for me, I appreciate really well done uh, work. And I have to say that. Whether you like the story, don't like the story, like the characters, don't like the characters, uh, I think it was
0: extremely well done. Well said. It's the movie we got, and it's not not going anywhere. Yep, yep. And I'm glad you didn't dip
1: into the prequels. Oh, God. (laughs) I I couldn't even watch the space battle from... Revenge of the Sith at the opening—it
0: oh. just was too much. What would a conversation about Star Wars be without dipping into the prequels? You oh. know, I'm um, um, for the sake of our listenership, I'm going to I'm going to bow out of this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I because and and I and I it's because I've I've shared this with you and I've shared this with one other person and they did not believe a word that I said and that was I've had a lot of time to think about this. Especially with what I'm doing now with the Sleeping Giant and where I'm trying to take this, and um, and these new Star Wars movies that are coming out, my attitude has really changed. Um, they're still horrible films. They're they're still just god awful <laughs> movies. Uh, that's that's a fact. That's a fact. They are. That's they're not changing.
1: so painful to watch. <laughs> but. Man
0: i, I got to say, I, I I have found forgiveness in my heart for George Lucas, and I think that's going to be uh, the subject of, of another show that we're going to do in the uh, future. I,
1: I, I think you should. I, I think that, yes. I, I like, as I said, I like American Graffiti. So, I like American Graffiti more than the prequels.
0: But but see, that's the, and that's just it. What's the difference between American Graffiti and any one of the prequels? Well, I mean, I'm sure there's several differences, uh, differences, obviously, but um, would I be too far outside the realm of uh, um, reason if I were to say that American Graffiti relied on a story and the actors that conveyed that story uh, to to carry itself, or did it rely on the special effects?
1: Well, American Graffiti was exactly as I described. It was a story, ba- story of uh, uh, what Lucas enjoyed, and it was about where do you find home, and it was told by a great ensemble cast, and right. it had and that's, great that's sound exactly music, what I mean. Had great, great music, uh, and it was a good movie.
0: Right, not that there were you know lightsabers and blasters and what have you. No, um, no, but there there were car wrecks
1: and chases. Right. And, uh, comic relief. Um,
0: so, yeah, and that's that's more or less my point. Um, and you know, mm-hmm. it's just you you have this great idea, as he presumably did for a story that you want to tell, and then mm-hmm. it's just you know, and again, I'm, I said I wasn't going to get into it, but here I am. Uh, you know, you're just you. Lucas always said that he was just very happy that technology had caught up to the ideas that he had for movies, and I just kind of feel like he. And again, this is this is forgivable, you know. Um, after a while, after so much just just bile that's built up over the years and my hatred for these films, I was getting confused um, about what happened. And it wasn't that George Lucas was an idiot or that he was an evil person, you know. I think that he just got caught up in what he could do, uh, mm-hmm. sure. that that he lost sight a little bit of of uh, of what he was. um trying to do i could be totally wrong about that but
1: no i I think you're absolutely right you you have a tool um what is it um um, going to jurassic park just because you can do it doesn't mean that you
0: should right (laughs) yeah just you know call your buddy spielberg you know ask him for a few notes you know that's, that's if you ever feel like things are going off the rails you know just just call spielberg uh, but, the, but then again, that's the, right. the infamous uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull collaboration. Oh, um, but
1: <laughs> you, you, you've got one. <laughs> at least you didn't dive into Howard the Duck, Parker. Yeah. That's, yeah.
0: That's, well, you know that again. That's a, that's another thing altogether. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, did you notice that, uh, or did you see that Howard the Duck was in Guardians of the Galaxy? I did,
1: I did. That's what brought it to mind. Yep. yep. Howard the Duck was in
0: Guardians of the Galaxy two. Yep. Sure enough. I, I wonder, I wonder where things are going to go with that. The, uh, if they're going to leave <laughs> that, you know, um, God, I hope they do. There's absolutely no reason to make a Howard the Duck film. Um, yep. And we'll and think- root
1: as a moody teenager was uh, pretty fun.
0: That was a stinger, wasn't it? Um, wasn't that or one of the? Uh, one of the uh, Th- that was in
1: the ink credits. Yep. Yeah, one of the five in credits. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I thought that that was yep. great. Those movies were just yep. wonderful. They really were. I, I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy two more than I did the first. I think. Really, really. Yeah, yeah. I did. I I don't know if it was Kurt Russell or um or it, actually, you know, it it was. There were a, a number of scenes that I really enjoyed, but I think the thing I loved the most about Guardians of the Galaxy two was the focus on family. Um, yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that was the thing yeah. that I I, uh, I enjoyed about it the most. What was it that uh, Yandu said? It's like he may have been your father, but he ain't your daddy. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? Yeah. laughs> you look like Mary Poppins. <laughs> is she cool or is he cool? He's, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's cool. He's cool, man. Uh, he's but good. yeah, I thought that was great. You know, it's just it's, it was very important to me. Um, again, you know, just the film rife with special effects, but to me, it was the story. Mm-hmm. And the focus of, uh, of, um, you know, the idea that you had all these people that didn't know each other, uh, really did not have common interests at all, just coming together and looking out for one another. Um, uh, that meant a lot to me. So I think that's why I enjoyed yep. that. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's really all I got for you, Dad. Okay. Um, I wanna, I just wanted to say thank you for joining me on this Christmas Eve, um, to do the show. I appreciate it.
1: Oh I'm I was very pleased and honored that you asked me I I am I I'm, I was excited that you you asked me to do it so thank you
0: Yeah and I hope to have you back cuz I mean there's a lot of stuff there's a, <laughs> almost what am I 32 33 somewhere in there um, Oh you're 33. am I 33 yep. I, <laughs> I don't know um, but there, there are, there are a lot of things to talk about. I mean, we've got, uh, so much that, um, just as far as the, uh, yeah, I don't even, I don't even want to guess at it now because I don't want to give anything away. Um, there's, mm-hmm. there's quite a bit to talk about. But, uh, again, thank you so much. And, um, I'm glad that we were able to do this. And perhaps, uh, even in lieu of, of us, uh, being in Athens for Christmas, we're still down here in Florida. And it's hot, by the way. Um,
1: oh I I wish it were hot here
0: it's it's (laughs) quite warm but again thank you very much dad Merry Christmas
1: you're welcome son
0: and and we'll talk to you again soon Okay, great Merry Christmas alright guys that's it for our Christmas episode thank you so much for listening and a big thank you to my dad Steve Marcotte for joining me on the show I had a really great time and I hope you all enjoyed that very much I think we can look forward to Dad joining us in future episodes. Um, as we mentioned and discussed, there are quite a few things that he has either directly or indirectly influenced me on as far as uh, my interests and, and the things I'm into as a uh, an adult person. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, uh, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time. I've been your host, Grayson Marcotte, and this is the Sleeping Giant Podcast. You all have a Merry Christmas.